Welcome, I am your host, and this is the Unanswered Questions Podcast. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of my new podcast, Unanswered Questions, where every week we will endeavour to discuss a mysterious unsolved case that has many lingering unanswered questions. So I hope you enjoy, and as always, leave me some feedback on what you think about the show, and rate it as well. Now on to the show. This week we'll be talking about Bill and Dorothy Wacker. So, Bill and Dorothy Wacker lived in a small town in Stark County, Ohio, in the same house they'd lived in for most of their 48 years of marriage. William Lewis Bill Wacker was born on March 12th of 1920 in Massillon. Ohio and was a private first class of the United States Army who served in World War II. His wife Dorothy Jean Wacker was born on April 21st of 1927 where the two grew up in Mallison, a small quaint town in Stark County, Ohio. They'd been married for over 40 years leading an ordinary and peaceful life. However, despite being quiet, unassuming people, they'd been the subject to a campaign of harassment which began in 1984. On January 16th of 1985, their home was ransacked. Though this had happened twice before in 1984, the couple was the subject of two separate home invasions where their home had been ransacked. They didn't notify Massillon's police department until January 16th of 1985 when their residence was targeted for the third time. Despite an investigation, nothing substantial was able to be gleaned and life went on relatively quiet for six months without an incident. Now, in July, Dorothy was home alone recovering from heart surgery when she heard a knock on the door. She didn't realize who the visitor was, but allowed him in to use her phone as he told her a story that his car had broken down somewhere along the road where she couldn't see it. After making the call and saying goodbye, she thought that he had left. However, he was actually still in the house and managed to sneak up behind her and knock her out with a blow to the head. She woke up bound and gagged on the kitchen floor and she managed to crawl to an open window and alert her neighbours who called emergency services. When Bill and the police along with medical assistants arrived at the residence, Dorothy was able to provide a description of her attacker. A composite sketch was created from her details of the man. He appeared to be in his mid-twenties with blonde hair and blue eyes and approximately 5'9 in height. Furthermore, Bill discovered an antique watch, a movie camera, a radio scanner, and his 22 caliber revolver had been stolen. Additionally, there was a message written in crayon on the wall saying, cheaper, but will do, end quote. The message written on the wall was vague, but law enforcement visited an assortment of pawn shops and street dealers in the hope of locating the stolen items and in turn a potential suspect, but their efforts were fruitless. Now, the lives of Bill and Dorothy Wacker only grew increasingly uncomfortable as the time went on. They began receiving harassing phone calls throughout various hours of the day. The caller persisted to threaten them with extreme violence or occasionally breathe heavily into the receiver without speaking a word. Bill and Dorothy changed their phone number several times, hoping the phone calls would stop, but they never did. Now, see, this is the part of the story that I find very interesting is whoever it was that was doing this must have known Bill and Dorothy Wacker because how is it that you change your number and you don't have the same number as you originally had and somehow the person keeps getting the number? I don't understand how someone who would just be like a random person that they don't know would be able to get their number because it's not as if you could just walk into like a telecom building or call the telephone company and be like, oh, Bill and Dorothy Wacker, they've changed their number. I'd like to know what it is, please. Like, you can't just do that. Like, I I honestly think whoever it was that did all this to the Wackers was someone that knew them for, for no other reason than 
he knew their phone number and was able to constantly get their phone number because the Whackers obviously when they changed their number they would have given it out to all their friends and relatives by saying look you know we've had some harassment we've changed our number and this is what it is it's one of the very interesting things about this case that I think points towards it being an insider and being somebody that knows the Whackers. The other question I have is why? Why attack the Whackers the way that they did? Why steal the items and return them? Why beat Dorothy Whacker to within an inch of her life? Why do all of this? It really didn't make all that much sense. I don't understand why somebody would attack the Whackers in the way that's been done, but obviously... The phone number is just one of the things that points towards it being someone that knew who the Whackers were. Months passed by and the torment escalated in more unnerving fashion. At random hours of the night, Bill and Dorothy would hear loud, relentless pounding on the exterior of their home. The beckoning harassment prompted Bill to install security lights on the front porch, hoping that would propel the individuals to stop, but their problems only increased. I mean, on one particular morning when Bill stepped outside on his front porch, he found a handwritten note that said, Your lights are a laugh. The family would continually discover more notes on their porch. They were later examined by law enforcement and they were anticipating to inquire fingerprints from them but to no avail. According to their theory, they believed the writer was trying to conceal his or her handwriting by using their non-dominant hand to write the messages. Now, in a strange turn of events, in November of 1985, four months after Dorothy was assaulted in her home, Bill awoke to discover that his 22 caliber revolver had been returned and replaced on his front porch inside of a shopping bag overnight. Periodically, he would receive the remaining three stolen items in the same formality. The police attempted to retrieve fingerprints from the returned items, but they had all been wiped clean. Now, days turned into weeks, and weeks into months, and months into years, and the torment never stopped. Eight years after the initial physical assault on Dorothy in July of 1985, she was attacked once more on Wednesday, October 27th of 1993, when she was admitted to Affinity Medical Center to be treated for a concussion and skull lacerations. Initially, the authorities suspected Bill to be the man behind his wife's attack and the persistent harassment over the years, but both Bill and Dorothy denied these accusations. Now, I'm curious as to why they suspected Bill of doing it, because unless they had some kind of reason to think that Bill would do it, I don't really see him as being the person that did this, because the thing is... I what motive would he have to steal items from himself and then return them? And why would he have any sort of reason to want to attack his wife? I mean, from what I'm to understand, they had a very happy marriage and Bill had no reason to want to lash out at his wife and give her a concussion and skull lacerations and beat the crap out of his wife. I mean, unless there was some sort of history of domestic abuse or some sort of reason for Bill to want to kill his wife or hurt his wife, I mean, it really doesn't make any sense. It makes more sense to me that it may have been someone in the Wacker family that wanted to kind of teach Bill and Dorothy a lesson or something, maybe a very harsh lesson of, oh look, you're two elderly people and it's very easy for somebody to break into your home and do you harm, such as what happened with you guys. Like, unless it's kind of like some sort of painful lesson they're trying to teach the Wackers, I'm really at a loss to understand why you would attack Bill and Dorothy. It makes no sense. I mean, Bill has no motive and I don't understand why someone else, if it was someone that knew the Wackers, would want to do them harm. Because 
because the thing is why would you steal stuff only to return it unless of course you wanted to teach them a lesson and then or you felt guilty or something this is one of those really bizarre perplexing cases where there's no real clear-cut answer I mean if there was it wouldn't be an unsolved mystery but there's so many unanswered questions I have about this case because it's kind of like well why would you go to all this effort just to return the items why would you hurt Dorothy I mean it kind of points to the fact that if they're only attacking Dorothy and not Bill then obviously it could mean that there's somebody that wanted to attack Dorothy and Bill was left unharmed for some reason because most of the attacks happened to Dorothy I mean she was attacked once in 85 and then attacked again in 93 so it could very well be that maybe there was somebody that didn't like Dorothy I mean it could very well have been Bill but there's no evidence to prove that and I don't really see a reason why Bill would attack his own wife steal his items and then return them it makes really no sense I mean if you look at it from the point of view well he knew what the phone number was he could have stolen his own items and returned them maybe it's really circumstantial though and it's very flimsy evidence because the, the question comes back to well if he did all this what was the, what was the motive you've got to have a motive you've got to have a reason for doing something unless you you have a, a mental health problem or something which I don't think Bill had I fail to see why he would do this Hell, I fail to see why anybody would go through all of this trouble and all these lengths to harass two people that, as far as I can tell from the research I've done, haven't really done anything to piss anyone off. I mean, in most cases, there'll be some shred of evidence as to what someone's done, whether it be a rumor, whether it be business money, whether it be an association with somebody. In this case, there's none of that at all. So this is one of those really hard cases to kind of pin down a motive for why the hell this happened. Police searched the neighborhood and questioned residents, but failed to find any clues or witnesses. In November of 1993, the Wackers staked out their own home, splitting into three groups and keeping in touch with two-way radios. Bill hid in a trailer on the driveway. Two of their son-in-laws watched from a van across the street, and Dorothy and her daughter Kathy stayed in the house. After four hours of waiting, they decided to call it off around 10.30 p.m. Coincidentally, the very same night while Bill and Dorothy were asleep, they were awakened by loud banging sounds on their front porch. Bill quickly ran to the front door, but by the time he arrived, the individual causing the noise had fled the home. However, another note was left behind saying, and I quote, get the message, end quote. It was speculated that the person causing this harassment had somehow found a blind spot, which is why they weren't seen during the stakeout. Now, the harasser, to my understanding, has never been seen, and the police have no leads on who he or she may be. The most popular theory out there, as I said before, and this is the theory I go with as well, is that someone out there be it a neighbor, a friend, or family member, was the cause of all the harassment, given the degree of knowledge of the whackers that they had, although this was never proven. But it kind of points to the fact that I definitely think that it was an inside job, and it definitely was somebody that actually knew who the whackers were. Again, the reason for doing it, who knows. The man who had first assaulted Dorothy and stole the objects from their house has never been caught or identified. In 1985, he was in his mid-twenties, was about 5'9 tall, and had blonde hair and blue eyes, as I stated before. The case today remains unsolved. Sadly, Bill died in 1999 at age 79, and it's not known if the harassment continued after his death, and Dorothy died on July 22nd, 2010, at age 83. With that, this case remains open, but with many unanswered questions, it still remain unanswered. I'm your host and this has been the Unanswered Questions podcast. Until next time. Next on Unanswered Questions. Briex was a group of companies in Canada. Briex Minerals LTD, a major part of Briex based in Calgary, was involved in a major gold mining scandal when it reported it was sitting on an enormous gold deposit at Busang, East Kalimantan, Indonesia.